here it is, part two on the call of God. And I said we're going to be talking about how to find out what you're called to do. But as I was thinking about how to continue, I figured it would be good to answer the question, can I be disqualified from answering the call of God on my life? Because this is something that um, I asked myself, as a matter of fact, um, God was dealing with me very strongly. I knew that he was calling me. I knew that there is a call of God. And of course, I knew the scriptures that I read to you and the last part that indeed every single believer is called to do something. We're not here without a purpose. And uh, I had this uh, awesome, tangible experience and I knew that what I was feeling in my spirit was something big, that the call of God was bigger than I actually thought or could understand. And then um, immediately, of course, I realized there's a call on my life. But, you know, the enemy, he just comes in at, you know, whatever moment. And he was uh, basically telling me, well, sure, there's a call on your life, but you're going to mess it up. You're going to totally fail because you're not good enough. You're not spiritual enough and whatever else. I mean, he comes in with all this nonsense. And if he can get you to believe that you're not called, at least he will get you to believe that you will mess up and completely fail and put shame on the name of Jesus and whatever else. And maybe it's just me. I don't know. You might be listening. And the moment God called you, you knew you were going to do great and just succeed. That was not me. And honestly, I do think a lot of people um, come to that place where they think, all right, um, but I have this problem. I'm going through that. I'm doubting this. I'm, do I'm like this. And whatever it might be. And so let's talk about this. Can you be disqualified from the beginning? Can you already be disqualified? Like you're, you're just in the presence of God and he's trying to tell you, hey, uh, I'm calling you. Um, you might not know what it is, but you know that the call of God is real. You know it's like a tugging on your heart. And as soon as it's happening, you just, you know, I mean, as a girl, you cry. I don't know. A lot of guys, probably you'll cry. <laughs> Usually when God is dealing with me, I know it. And uh, yeah, then the water just turns on. But can you be disqualified? And immediately things come up from the past. That's what the enemy does. He will bring up your past. No, you can't do this because you messed up, because you did this, because of this, or because your parents messed up, or because your family is completely crazy, or, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And then he comes up with your shortcomings. Maybe you're not good at speaking. Maybe you're, you're shy. Maybe you're an awkward person. Maybe you're not... Uh, very socially skilled. I mean, I had all of these issues, <laughs> actually, as a matter of fact. I could not speak in front of people. I did not know how to make friends. I was shy. I was timid, very self-conscious, didn't like the way I looked, didn't like the way I talked. Uh, you name it, I probably dealt with it. And so all of this stuff comes up in your head, really, this is going on in your head, while God is actually trying to deal with your spirit and his word clearly says it's not by might, not by power, but by his 
spirit. And that's really where the switch needs to take place. You just need to switch your thinking and shut off everything that's going on through your head that, that wants to make you think you can't do this, which as a matter of fact, in the natural, you cannot do it. In your own strength, you cannot do it. In your own ability, you cannot fulfill the call of God. But as a matter of fact, there is nothing in your life that happened in your past or that might be some sort of shortcoming in the natural that can disqualify you from answering and fulfilling the call of God on your life. Let me give you an example. Moses called by God. He met him, saw him speaking through a burning bush and God gave him clear instructions. I mean, if God himself speaks to you through a burning bush and says, go to Pharaoh, tell him, let my people go. Um, you should tend to believe that you can actually do it, right? But what was Moses' reply to God? Oh, God, I, I don't know how to talk. He was a stutterer. He doesn't know how to talk. And he's like, oh, I can't do it. As if God made a mistake. Oh, Moses, man, I didn't consider that. Let me pick somebody else. Well, um, God did give him Aaron to help him, you know, speak in front of Pharaoh. But ultimately, God called Moses. And one major thing that happened right before this is that Moses actually killed an, an Egyptian. Now that is a major mess up. He was a murderer and yet God did not disqualify him and say, no, now you cannot fulfill the call on your life. I mean, I, I picked you already, but then you, you know, you did this huge mistake and now I can't use you anymore. That was not the case. And then we have another example. And of course the Bible is full of examples, but I love the story of Saul of Tarsus, who then was apostle Paul. He was literally persecuting Christians, dragging them into prison, women and children. He was going out of his way to get letters to be able to persecute Christians in Damascus. I mean, this man, I mean, he had a zeal against all things that were of God. And um, I mean, he actually thought he was serving the Lord. But God meets this man on the way to Damascus and one encounter with Jesus changed his whole life. So no matter what happened in your past, this should already make it very clear to you that nothing in your past can disqualify you from answering and fulfilling the call of God on your life. But you can set yourself up for failure. There is things that you can do that will disqualify you from fulfilling the call. Now, that does not mean that God doesn't want to use you, because as a matter of fact, he does. Now, let's read, before I continue, let's read in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, I'm going to read in the New Living Translation. It says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Now, this is the apostle, <laughs> the apostle Paul. 
that we know was a persecutor of the church. And now he's saying to the people, live a life worthy of your calling. Now, this obviously is once you answer the call. Before Paul answered the call, he was persecuting believers. He was going against God. But when he answered the call, he lined up his entire life. He set himself apart and he fulfilled the call of God on his life. And now he's writing to the Ephesians. He's not writing to people that are going into the full-time ministry only. He's writing to the Ephesians, live a life worthy of your calling. And then right after that, he talks about being patient with one another, loving one another, keep yourself united in the spirit, bind yourself together with peace. So to be able to walk worthy of your calling, be successful in what God has called you to do, you need to be bound together with believers. You actually need to be part of the body of Christ. So here's one thing that will set you up for failure and not fulfilling the call of God on your life is if you do not have a home church that you are planted in, that you are an active part of, and if you do not have pastors and leadership that you are submitted under, if you do not have that in your life, and maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, there's no strong church in my area. Well, if you want to fulfill the call of God on your life, you better move and find a church that is full of the Holy Ghost and fire, because by yourself, you will not be able to do it. You need spiritual guidance. You need authority. You need pastors. You need people to submit under. You need support. You need to be connected to the body. A branch that is cut off will not produce. And this should be your number one priority. Before you even listen to any of the other parts that I'm going to share, because everybody wonders, you know, what am I called to do? Well, if you're not planted in a church, if you're not a blessing to other believers right now, don't even worry about the next step because God will not reveal it to you. He will literally not tell you because you have to be faithful in the little before he can make you a ruler over much. So be part of the body of Christ. Find a local church that is full of the Holy Spirit. Not just any church, but a church where God actually moves and deals with people where the presence of God is at work. And that should be a priority for every believer. No job, no house, no view out of your window. I mean, whatever it is, is worth living in a place where there's absolutely no living church that you can be a part of. Get rid of everything. Forget the house, forget the job, move somewhere. And I promise you, God will honor your decision and you will have a better job than you had before because you're actually putting God and his kingdom first. And so this is the number one basis of trying to fulfill the call of God on your life um, and even finding out what God has called you to do. He is actually calling you to be part of the body. There is one body, one spirit. We just read that in Ephesians chapter four. One body, one spirit. You need to be planted. You need to be a part of the body. And then you're actually setting yourself up for God to speak to you and tell you what your assignment is specifically for your life. Now, a lot of people, maybe they know what they're called to do. 
maybe they've known for a long time. Some people know from childhood, people have encounters with God. They go to revival meetings. They get prophesied over. Maybe you had a prophecy spoken over you that you will be going in the ministry. You'll be preaching or you will do other things that you, God is calling you maybe to a completely different area in life, maybe in business, maybe in politics, maybe in education, whatever the case may be. Maybe you had already supernatural instruction about the call of God on your life and then something happened you fell into sin you messed up big time enemy came crushing in like a flood i mean whatever the case may be and maybe you think it's too late maybe you think you can never fulfill what god has called you to do well let's see what the bible says in romans chapter 11 verse 29 the new living translation says for god's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. I'm going to read this again. For God's gifts and his call can never, never means never in the Greek and the Hebrew, never be withdrawn. The Amplified Version says, for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. He never withdraws them when once, once they are given, and he does not change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. Get that down in your spirit. Do not allow the enemy to lie to you and say it's too late. You cannot do what God's called you to do. And then it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25, Amplified Version. So see to it that you do not reject him or refuse to listen to and heed him who is speaking to you now. For if they, the Israelites, did not escape when they refused to listen and heed him who warned and divinely instructed them here on earth, revealing with heavenly warnings his will, how much less shall we escape if we reject and turn our backs on him who cautions and admonishes us from heaven. So when God is speaking to you and God has already said to you, you are called to do this, whatever it might be, do not allow anything to hinder you from believing it and preparing yourself for it and ultimately doing it. It is up to you. God never, never revokes his call. He never takes back what he has given. When he's calling you, he's going to do it. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 24. It says, faithful is he who is calling you to himself and utterly trustworthy. And he will also do it. Fulfill his call by hallowing and keeping you faithful is he who is calling you and he will also do it again. It's not you. It's complete surrender to God. You say, God, not my will, your will, God, not in my strength and your strength by your Holy spirit, by your divine instruction. And there is no way that you will not be able to fulfill his call. He is completely faithful and trustworthy. And if he calls you to do something, he gives you the power and the grace to do it. And again, if you think, man, no, it's too late for me. I've gone too far away. You know, I am, I totally disqualified myself. Listen to this. Second Timothy chapter two, verse 13. If we are faithless, do not believe and are untrue to him. 
he remains true, faithful to his word and his righteous character, for he cannot deny himself. The New Living says, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. He is the God who is calling you, and that never changes. God does not take back his word. Whatever it is that died on the inside of you that God planted there, it is being resurrected right now in the name of Jesus. The dreams, the things that you desire to do in your heart for the Lord, maybe years ago, maybe it was just weeks ago. It, there is no way that you are disqualified from still doing what you know in your heart you are supposed to do. This is why you're in this world. This is why you're still here. This is why you're still breathing. This is why you're still alive because God has a purpose for you and he is giving you grace and power to do it. I'm going to read you one more scripture here in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. It says, If we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins. He is faithful and just, true to his own nature and promises, and will forgive our sins, dismiss our lawlessness, and continuously cleanse us from all unrighteousness, everything not in conformity to his will and purpose, thought, and action. Now, we do not preach, you know, like, once saved, always saved. There is scripture that says that, you know, you can lose your salvation. If you deny him, he will deny you. And so what it's saying, keep your heart right before the Lord. Everybody messes up. People make mistakes, but you can learn to follow the Holy Spirit and not make the same mistake again. You can also learn from other people's mistakes and not make the same mistakes. You can learn to follow the Holy Spirit and not fail and not make the wrong decisions. It does not matter how many times you made the wrong decisions in the past. Today is a new day. God can do a new thing and the Holy Spirit is there to help you. And you just read the scripture with me. He is faithful. Even when we mess up, no matter what happened, he will not deny himself. He will not take back the call that he placed on your life. And he is the one who will qualify you. He is the one who will pull you out of the pit and actually put you back on your feet and straighten the crooked path before you. And I know this is already getting a little long here, but I'm, you know, I'm just really fired up about this because there's so many people that are not doing what God is calling them to do. The need is too great. Do not buy into the lie that there's no need for you. There's enough preachers. There's enough this, enough that. Absolutely, you know, I mean, some people, and I thought this too, you know, there's people that preach better than me. There's people that have more influence than me. So why should I even try? Like, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, just scratch the surface. It's never going to make a difference. Those are, that's nonsense. That is a lie. There's people that only you can reach. There's people that only you can impact. There's people in your life and they're appointed to you, not to another preacher, not to another evangelist, not to another whatever, politician, teacher, whatever it is that God's calling you to do. There's people that only you can impact. And if you do not take your place in his kingdom, then it will remain undone. And I mean, I pray 
and I, I pray and I believe God that you will get this today because every single person has a function in the body of Christ and in the kingdom of God. Every single person has to take their place. You need to take your place. It doesn't matter how much the enemy tried. He has given it his best shot. You are still here and you can still make a decision to serve the Lord and walk worthy of your calling from this day. Hallelujah. You are not disqualified. Absolutely not. When God calls you, it is irrevocable. It is irrevocable. There is nothing. There is nothing that can hinder the plan of God. I think really most of the time, it's not even the enemy that's the greatest obstacle for people. It's really yourself. It's you. You have to make a decision. You have to cast down every thought that exalts itself above the word of God. Because everything that is telling you that you're not good enough, you're not ready, you can't do this, you can't do that, you disqualified yourself. Those are thoughts that exalt themselves above the word of God. Because I read the scripture to you that clearly states that you are called. It clearly says that even when you're unfaithful, God remains faithful. It clearly states that his gifts and callings are without repentance. He does not take it back. And we read examples of people that have messed up and yet God used them in a mighty way. You know, I mean, some people, the enemy will always put your eyes on you and yourself and everything about you and your problems in your life. And really you think, you might think it's humility. Oh, I can't believe that God can use me in a mighty way. That's not, that's not humility. That's unbelief. And you need to get rid of it because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Just believe. Believe his word. You don't have to believe in your own ability and your own greatness and awesomeness. You know, you just have to believe that God can use you. And God uses every single person that is willing and obedient. That's the qualifications. You need to be willing. You need to be obedient to his word. So do not disqualify yourself. And do not set yourself up for failure. Keep your heart soft before God. Put yourself under spiritual, strong spiritual authority. Be part of the body of believers, people that will pray for you, support you, that are running the race, you know, alongside you. And set yourself up for success. Keep your life pure and holy set yourself apart, consecrate your life because there's nothing more important than to fulfill the call of God on your life. Those are the things that are going to matter in eternity. Everything else is not going to matter in eternity. So set your eyes on the Lord, repent before God for unbelief, for feeling disqualified, for buying into the lies of the enemy. Just repent right now and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm going to believe your word. I'm going to stand on your word and I'm going to do whatever it takes to find out what exactly it is that you're calling me to do. And I'm going to do everything it takes to set myself up for success. And that is what we're going to be talking about in the next part. So thank you for listening to part number two on the call of God. Can you be disqualified? Absolutely not. So I hope this blessed you. Share it. Tell other people about it. Post about it. And uh, listen to the next part. Stay tuned. God bless you.